Hi, I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Welcome to my show, America Can We Talk? Today, we're going to talk about the 2020 elections, Truth Must Win, the Great Reset, COVID and the Communists, and COVID data and experts censored. Why? And of course, I'll tell you why these stories matter to you. Stay tuned. Debbie Georgiatis, host of America Can We Talk, is an author, attorney, and political analyst whose mission is to inspire the American political conversation about preserving liberty in the best country on earth. <clears throat> and welcome again to America Can We Talk to today's First Five. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Well, I had, you know, every time on Monday morning when I get ready for the show, I'm thinking about it. I haven't been here since last Thursday. This week, because of Thanksgiving last week, I really haven't been here since the one two-hour special I did a week ago today. We had Russ Ramsland join us in studio, the co-founder of ASOG, and a deep-dive investigator into what happened in the 2020 elections, particularly with respect to manipulation of voting data inside voting machines. We did a two-hour special. I've got lots and lots of views. If you didn't see it, I encourage you to do that. And we'll continue talking a lot on this show, of course, as we get through this period of post-election day, getting to the, the answer to the question of who won the 2020 presidential election, which is where we are right now in America, who won it. So I do want to talk about the election today, and we'll be doing that, obviously, many shows to come throughout the rest of 2020. But I do want to spend a lot of time on COVID today, too. But the first five, I called it 2020 elections, the truth must win. I want to just run through the reasons because I actually got some comments and people emails from people saying, "Isn't aren't we basically just looking at the Trump supporters just, you know, determined not to lose their favorite president, fighting a losing battle, Biden already won, Trump's team is making a big fuss in the courts, Trump, they're looking like sore losers, just asking me honestly, you know, do I think that's what's happening? Truly, I want to tell you from the bottom of my heart. The day before election day, I told you, and on election morning, I told you, I predicted Trump would win in a landslide. And I will tell you today, I believe Trump won in a landslide. And I will tell you that there has been no decision, there has been no outcome determined yet by anyone who has the legal authority to do that about who won the presidential election in 2020. I and others have just as much basis to say that Trump won in a landslide, as does MSNBC, CBS, ABC, and all of the alphabet soup uh, media outlets and the Washington Post and the New York Times, all of them spewing out there, trying to just set the narrative for America, Biden won and Trump is engaged in sour grapes. They have no authority to say that Trump won, that Biden won. They have no information that you don't have. They don't have any information, any authority. They are simply trying to steamroll America into accepting what they wanted to be the outcome, which was, oh, of course, Biden won. No one has won the 2020 election cycle because we are still in the process of sorting out the fabrications, lies, and deceptions that occurred throughout the 2020 election cycle, the vote fraud and the election fraud. This is where every honest American needs to be. Why well, I mean mentally, where we have to be is we demand that we want to have the correct, accurate outcome. We want to know the correct answer to the question, who won the presidential election in 2020? You know, there's this um, 
kind of logic theory people talk about Occam's razor the basic notion is you know if, if all it's a problem-solving principle but basically the simplest explanation is usually the right one to summarize the simplest explanation all I'm gonna to do today on the election in this first five is run through some of the astonishing pieces of information that make it overwhelmingly clear that there was massive election fraud an extreme number of irregularities especially in the states that matter the most in this election cycle and anyone trying to claim that Biden has won Trump is just engaged in sour grapes is either just an advocate for Trump for Biden which they mostly are or someone who just does not want to know the facts every American should want to know the truth so I want to start with I have a clip I sent to Matt the wonderful this was testimony given in the Pennsylvania legislature last week they are reopening their review of their decision of their uh, about deciding who took Pennsylvania therefore who gets Pennsylvania's electoral votes uh, this guy testifies name is a uh, retired Colonel Phil Waldron and he testified about a series of things related to the data that his organization has concerning the 2020 election cycle. So Matt the Wonderful, can we start with the first clip from that gentleman? The voting systems in the U.S. Uh, and in Pennsylvania were built to be manipulated. They've been used in elections around the world um, and stolen elections uh, around the world in Venezuela, Italy, Argentina, Singapore, Bolivia as close as uh, two weeks ago. The Philadelphia uses ESNS, Pittsburgh uses Dominion, other counties in, in uh, Pennsylvania use uh, Dominion and other systems. So what's, uh, what's the real deal? So all of these election systems have a, a common DNA. Uh, SGO Smartmatic um, sold Sequoia voting systems to Dominion in 2010. And then the Diebold uh, company spun off Premier election systems to Dominion uh, as a result of an antitrust suit. So the bottom line is that these systems have similar code and similar functions um, and, and just so you know, uh, I know there have been statements um, to the contrary, but I personally debriefed the son of a Cuban intelligence officer who had firsthand knowledge of uh, Hugo Chavez's family members who told him not to worry about the populist threat against Maduro's election in Venezuela, quote unquote, that it was guaranteed their father invested the money to build the SGO voting machine system. Okay, I have several clips by this gentleman. But I want to start with not just what he said in that little clip right there, but put yourself in the seat of the Pennsylvania legislature or any other legislature in this country in your state if they use Dominion voting where voting systems machines where the outcome is in question. First of all, you hear him saying that he's another one. He's another witness coming forward saying everyone knows these vote systems are riggable everyone knows they were set up to assure the victory in the case of venezuela of maduro they were designed to allow people to cheat to get to the election result you want now if you're in the legislature in pennsylvania or any other state which is now in in contest which is you know we're down to about five or six wouldn't it be the logical position in fact the only position of an honest patriot that you would be saying I want to know the answer. I want to know the truth. I want to understand what happened. Not, as you hear from every Democrat in this country, not the answer you hear of, of just, oh, this is just sour grapes, this is just noise. The testimony the legislature heard in Pennsylvania, we're going to go over it more in a moment, it's staggering, staggering, obvious, overwhelming election fraud. And yet you have the drumbeat of ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN, all of the Alph Alphabet Soup Networks, mainstream media, 
trying to pummel America into silence and submission to their decision. They want Biden to win and they want him to be president and therefore he won and knows and everybody else stopped talking about it. This is exactly where we are. So another clip by this gentleman, I believe Matt has several clips by him. Go ahead. So these systems are not what you've been told. They are connected to the internet and servers outside of the US. They're connected from top to the bottom in the middle. There is no transparency as, as uh, our, our uh, previous witnesses met, uh, mentioned as to how the voter information is processed, how and where it's stored. The voting record is able to be modified and or deleted by operators, administrators, and outside threats. I may not play all these clips, Matt, because he just, he goes on and I'm making all these points. Staggering information, and this is a guy, to be really clear, he has no, uh, you know, what were the, you know, horse in this race. He has no, nothing invested in the outcome. He's a retired military guy. He's not going to be, you know, he's not uh, vying for something. He's not going to win a prize of money. He is, as other, literally millions of Americans are, actually motivated by the determination to get to the truth of what happened in 2020, to make the legislators in Pennsylvania and other states, and by the way, the three states where apparently it's going to come down to, the three states uh, where the entire decision is going to come down to, are going to be Georgia, Pennsylvania, and Michigan. Georgia, Pennsylvania, and Michigan, if those three legislatures will be honest enough about looking at what happened, the machines they used, and the, and the actual theft of this election by the attempted theft, um, everything can turn around. Do not, do not, my very fine listeners, do not surrender to the pressure to say, okay, I guess it's over. We got to be good sports. We got to give up. We got to surrender. We are not going to surrender to fraud. Americans do not surrender to fraud. And this is what happened this 2020 election. So this gentleman had uh, many other good points. Um, actually, I'll play one more clip by him and then we'll go ahead. One more Just clip. so you, you probably are all aware, on 30 September, uh, an election uh, storage facility was robbed in your state. 30 USB devices were stolen and a laptop. Those. Uh, those USB devices more than likely had uh, encryption devices. And you've just heard another previous witness uh, talk about the, the, the non-standard use of, of the USB uh, storage devices. So these systems, uh, in a nutshell, allow authorized and unauthorized users to cancel votes, shift votes, preload votes, vote blank ballots, all in real time and in large numbers. They're connected from the top to the bottom. Okay, I, I mean, I could keep playing little clips by this guy, but this is just one witness in the Pennsylvania legislature. Hearings have occurred and will occur in other legislators. What needs to happen in this country is enormous, is enormous pressure from people of every political background demanding that the legislatures in this country that have the authority to review the elections in their states, that those legislatures get committed to finding truth that they simply will not go along with the uh, steamroll that the media is trying to do and that, frankly, those backing the Biden team are trying to do, just telling them, ignore all these complaints, ignore what everyone has to say, no big deal, just steamroll. Well, we can play more clips, but I want to mention a couple of other things uh, that came out of Pennsylvania. Uh, one of the big staggering things that came out of the testimony there was, you know, we had the thing on Election Day where we had... Uh, President Trump appears to be on path to victory, even these swing states, everything looks good. And then roughly the same time of night, 
uh, all five of these states stopped counting votes. And, you know, they had a concocted story in one of the, in Georgia, I think it was, or Pennsylvania, wherever it was, they had a concocted story of a water main leak, which has proven to be non-existent. There was no water main leak. But they had votes stop. And then as the voting resumed, masses, piles of mail-in ballots show up or other ballots newly to be counted. And I just want to read you one thing from the Pennsylvania testimony. An expert testifying to the Pennsylvania Senate flagged a batch of ballots, a batch of ballots that showed up after they began counting again after the non-existent leak, if it was Pennsylvania, batch of ballots showed up that recorded some 570,000 votes for Joe Biden 570,000 and only 3,200 for Donald Trump. That would mean that Biden is bagging 99.4% of this enormous chunk of, of ballots. People, Occam's razor, all of the evidence of fraud, overwhelming, the fact is fraud occurred. Other reasons people are gonna keep on pushing this issue in this country because we deserve fair elections, just as one of the many examples of just the anomalies, the data that are overwhelming in support of the notion that Trump won in a landslide. President Trump got, even if you count for this election cycle, he received more votes than any previous incumbent seeking reelection. He got um, 11, see, 11 million more votes Trump got 11 million more votes than he did in 2016. So, I mean, actually, if you look back at, at uh, when Obama ran the second time, Obama lost votes between his 2008 victory and 2012 suspicious victory. Obama lost votes. Trump went up in votes. If they're counting like now 73, 74 million votes that Trump got in this election, that is unprecedented. And for it just it just it it defies logic to believe that Biden got more votes. Biden got 80 million votes. Doesn't it just simply doesn't fly. And then actually, I will tell you because I can't spend more time on this data today. If you go to our website, americacanwetalk.org, on the home page under shows, drop down list of links, this article from which, to which I'm referring, uh, it was an um, uh, American Spectator article called Reasons Why the 2020 Presidential Election is Deeply Puzzling. It was a great article. It lists anomaly after anomaly after anomaly. Trump got, he, he went up in terms of the percentage of vote he received from minority Americans. I mean, Trump just did really well. And the idea that he did well in all those places and went up by 11 million votes and somehow it was winning on election night until somehow these magical ballots start appearing from all over creation, uh, it, does, it just does not comport with reality. It doesn't comport with common sense and, that's, and, and we simply must continue digging in. As I mentioned, I had a couple questions just briefly talking about Georgia. I want you to think about this again, that what they're focused on is the concern about the Dominion voting system machines focusing on the Dominion voting system machines. So in Georgia, the Secretary of State was about ready to sweep the machines, meaning clean out all of the data from the 2020 election. That is in, greatly, is in great dispute. That is in enormous dispute. And the Secretary of State saying, well, yeah, they're gonna toss this stuff. So there was litigation, as you know, Sidney Powell, God bless that woman, Sidney Powell, uh, has brought her uh, Kraken, who brought her case in Georgia, and she is arguing that you need to hold on to that data. Maybe we better hold on to that data in the Dominion voting system. So you had a judge kind of go back and forth. First, he ordered the Secretary of State, 
um, not to clean, the, not to wipe out the data from the Dominion voting machines, and then uh, went over and said, yes, go ahead and remove that data. And now the judges come back and say, no, no, don't. In fact, it was a, re a revision of the complaint that Sidney Powell was able to file a slight revision so that now the judge has told the Secretary of State, do not remove the data from the Dominion voting systems. And I ask you again, if you are an honest executive, an honest Secretary of State, an honest governor, an honest legislator, and you hear the kind of testimony, because these people in Georgia, they know what was said in Pennsylvania. Believe me, they're watching, they're, they're holding their breath listening. They hear that kind of stuff, and you think that, and they're actually seriously considering Maybe we use these Dominion things and we should just go ahead and wipe the data. Seems fine to me. Fortunately, a judge stepped in, so that's not going to happen. The last, I mean, there's so many other points on why these are, this first five is just kind of why we have to be just absolutely refusing to surrender this election, demanding that every piece of litigation get solved, that we get to an answer. And by the way, folks, the Electoral College on December 14th, that's not even the end of the game. Even if they find even if the Electoral College gets to 270 votes on in the Electoral College voting day, which is re required by the formula in the Constitution to be December 14th, even that, if there's fraud in this election, the Supreme Court must have power to overturn a fraudulent election. And that's, I want to say one more quick thing and then close the very, very important point about this election. The one more point is, I haven't even mentioned this guy, Eric Coomer, um, on my show yet, but Eric Coomer, C-O-O-M-E-R, um, he is, if you don't recognize that name, he worked for Dominion Voting Systems. He was responsible for strategy and security of the Dominion Voting Systems. Dr. Eric Coomer, C-O-O-M-E-R. This guy is a Berkeley PhDSY, he's a doctor. He was, he's been, his name has been now removed from the Dominion Voting Systems website. This is a radical Antifa-supporting Trump-hating guy who had that job at Dominion Voting Systems, and in case you missed this, and he also put out a four, or he reposted and passed along a four-page Antifa temper tantrum uh, aimed at Trump saying, you'll never stop us, you'll never stop Antifa, blah, blah, blah. But let me just tell you something you've got to know about this guy, Coomer, in case you think that all of this concern about Dominion Voting Systems is unfair, unreasonable. One thing. Coomer was the voting systems officer of strategy and security, uh, although they just took his uh, picture down. So there was an interview by a guy named Joe Oltman, um, and he, by Michelle Malkin. Joe Oltman had posed, you know, pretended, got himself into a phone call because he, got, he pretended to be part of Antifa, supporting Antifa. So he's on this, this group call, a Zoom call, whatever it was, uh, with Antifa, this guy Oltman, who's not really Antifa, but he's pretending to be. So he gets on this call, he's hearing them talk on this call, these Antifa people, which is the, the group that claimed is anti-fascist, and they're actually anti-American, anti-freedom, anti-Christianity, anti-freedom, crazy communist. That's who Antifa really is. But anyway, so he pretends to be part of it. So in this call, they're listening to a conversation about the upcoming election, and uh, Altman explained that Eric, some guy Eric on this call, was telling Antifa members they need to keep up the pressure. One of the callers asked, well, who is Eric? And someone answered, Eric, he's the Dominion guy. 
So Altman, in this interview with Michelle Malkin, says, as the conversation continued, someone asked, what are we going to do if Trump wins? So Altman on this call with Eric of Dominion Voting Systems, and someone says, what are we going to do if Trump wins? And Altman paraphrased how Eric, the Dominion Voting System machine guy, responded, don't worry about the election. Trump's not going to win. I made effing sure of that. Is that that now if anyone out there still says, because I'm getting notes from you people saying, oh, come on, election's over. No, no, this was a fraudulent. This is election fraud straight up. America can see it. And America needs to stand up and fight and demand that we do not have this. The American people forced to live under a fraudulent election for the next four years. America deserves a truth about this election. And I want to close out this first five which is longer than five, yes it was, but close out my first five by saying this. The discussion in America cannot be, is there a way we can use our laws and constitution to flip the outcome to make sure that the rightful winner wins? To make sure that Trump, who really did win the landslide in my opinion, the question cannot be, is there a way we can use our laws and constitution to flip the election results and make sure that Trump wins? The question, the premise, the launching point of every conversation and every analysis is this. Americans must have all fraud exposed. Americans will never live under the result of a fraudulent election. America has a way and will find it. America will get to the right result. We will get to the answer of who won this election. And then that is what we're going to live with in this country. The question is not, can we fix a fraudulent election? Can we work around it? No, the question is, can the American people, no, it's not even a question. The American people must get to the bottom of this election cycle and whoever was the rightful winner, when all the fraud is tossed out, all the dishonesty is tossed out, all the dead voters, all the voting machine manipulation, all the fraud is tossed out, and then the winners determine that's who we're going to inaugurate in January 20th. That's who. Nothing less. We're not going to ever accept the idea that because Biden and the left managed to manipulate the outcome of this election, so that it appeared on election night and the alphabet agencies started calling the election for Biden, we can't start acting like, well, it's kind of too late, we can't undo it. No, no, Biden hasn't won. Biden has not won. We're figuring out who won and whoever really won after all the frauds exposed, that's who's gonna be our president starting January 20, 20th of 2021. And that, my very fine friends, is today's first five. Okay, I want to hit a brief little section in here before I turn to COVID. I want to talk about this great reset. Some other day in the show, I'll talk more about it, but I just wanted to make sure all of you understand about this great reset idea. Right after World War II, uh, in this wonderful globe, wonderful planet, there was a, a lot of re, a political reset, realignment of the world, and everybody was kind of okay with it. I mean, we, we did a reset after crushing the Axis powers, you know, crushing Germany and Japan, all that, and getting and getting the world back into order, you know, pushing Germany back out of occupied um, Western Europe and all that. We got, we had a great reset. 
people who run the World Economic Forum, the oligarch type people, the globalists, the people who actually think in the back of their egotistical heads that they run this world, they're going to figure out how to get this world to be run by them. Those people, World Economic Forum types, have been talking about a great reset. They want to use COVID-19 as the basis for another reset. They think the idea is because COVID is so serious and such a world transforming thing that we simply must in this world decide that post COVID we're going to have a great reset and you need to understand how serious they are. They're not just pie in the sky. Wouldn't it be great someday if we could think up something. These people actually think that they are going to accomplish through the manipulation of countries around the world, through the manipulation and control of international agencies, and through, frankly, the duping of people who aren't wide awake enough to recognize what is happening, that they're going to succeed based on fear of COVID, that all the world is going to submit to their worldview, their intended plan, to take over the world, to have this great reset. This is their language, by the way. This is not some conspiracy theorist language. This is their language. They actually think the great reset is coming. I'm just going to tell you this, this mindset they have. It's an initiative of the World Economic Forum. Uh, you know, they have all sorts of characters you recognize talking about it. They have Greenpeace International, Jennifer Morgan, IMF Chief Economist, uh, Gita Kopanath, uh, all sorts of people talking, oh yeah, yeah, we're doing the Great Reset. And it is entirely thinking that they can convince it of the world of this because after all, you know, we're all panicked about COVID. So it's another reason to stop panicking about COVID. But you should understand what the way they think. The particular character we're, um, that who's pushing this or is leading the charge, one of them is Klaus Schwab. Um, and he's talking about at the World Economic Forum. They have these meetings talking about what they're going to do, you know, how they're going to. And so they put a little video out. I don't have clips to play. I'll just tell you some of the things they said. They're talking about this as though something that you're really welcome. Isn't it going to be great? Listen to your future. You will own nothing. Quote out of them. You will own nothing. Own nothing. Not your car. Not your house. Not your lake house. Not your possessions. You will own nothing. And you'll like it. That's their second part. And you'll be happy. Whatever you want, you'll rent. And it'll be delivered to you by drone. The U.S. won't be the world's leading superpower. A handful of countries will dominate. You won't, uh, they, I mean, you'll eat much less meat, an occasional treat, not a staple, for the good of the environment and our health. A billion people will be displaced by climate change. We'll have to do a better job at welcoming and integrating refugees. You have to understand, people, these are, these are monstrous people, monstrous mindset that says, we're going to make sure that this world does not have a country like America filled with people who actually love the idea of individual freedom, rights from God because you were born, the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, personal freedom, personal responsibility, limited government, and living a life of freedom. This is not okay with them. America, as founded, is not okay with these people. They actually think, not only do they think that they're going to accomplish it, they think they're going to accomplish it soon because of COVID. They're talking like, you know, 2030 will be way down the path. Pretty soon everyone is going to give up everything we tell them to give up because of climate change. And no meat and no cars. And we'll tell you what you can do. 
And they, not only do they think that they're going to accomplish this, they think they're helping the world. These people are maniacal level egotists who think they know better than America's founders and frankly, they know better than the very beautiful ideas that founded America that came from the Judeo-Christian scriptures. What they think is secularism, massive control over all countries in the world, and they're not kidding when they tell you they see COVID as the ticket to get there. If you don't believe me, read the articles on my website, americacanwetalk.org, on the homepage, under shows, drop down, list of links. They mean it. They actually think this is the way the world will be made better because we're going to be in charge of everything. And we'll decide who can have what. And we're going to be displacing and moving around billions, be as in boy, billions of refugees. Don't be telling us, United States of America, that you set your refugee policy. Don't be telling us how many you'll take or where they'll come from. We'll tell you. This is how they think. And the scariest thing is bad enough that these lunatics gather at World Economic Forum and other places like that and, and you know, rub their hands together to think of the next plan to control the planet. They have allies here in America. They have allies on the American left who think what they're saying is a good idea. And I'm not talking about some lunatic little fringe uh, off in, you know, some comp mountain compound in Montana or something. I'm talking about academia in America. I'm talking about many left-wingers who have prominent positions in academia and media and culture and in government who agree with this idea that America as founded was just kind of an antiquated thing. We're kind of done with this whole conversation about the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. They're done with that. They want to move forward with the same thing these World Economic Forum lunatic egotists want to do, which is to take control of the world, and they will do it by any means possible, which includes duping you into exaggerating the threat of COVID and exaggerating the necessity for extreme measures to deal with COVID. So this great reset, there was a great piece, by the way, um, in um, oh, which place it was, I think Patriot Post did a really good job. They, they summarized, they called, it, they called it the coming totalitarianism, but they're running through what these uh, great reset world economic forum people think. And I have to tell you that I, I I recognize, as I'm saying this to you, I do recognize that most Americans assume, because America is just filled with good people. We're a country filled with good and moral and decent people. And all of us assume, all of us assume, that most of the world's kind of most, mostly like this, mostly like us. And so COVID comes along and the average person is thinking, hey, you know, let's just get all of our good doctors researching. Let's get our research labs working on things. Let's let the doctors come forward and, and offer therapies that might work. We're thinking that all right-minded people are right on track with the idea of finding solutions to COVID, of spreading the word about those solutions for COVID, of letting people, letting doctors come forward and explain how well hydroxychloroquine works, letting doctors come forward to tell you how well uh, inhaled budesonide, the steroid with Dr. Bartlett in our show, talked about that months ago, July 2nd, remember the date, July 2nd he was on the show. 
the point is doctors around this country have been coming forward most americans before covid came along thought wow this is you know this is how america tackles every problem every health problem that comes along we have doctors that jump on board and research hospitals and private research organizations and all and, and government researchers we have people jumping on and we're all dedicated to finding a solution as quickly as possible so that the fewest number of people will suffer and the fewest number of people will die. This is what we Americans think. What's what rational people think. And so it's hard for some Americans to grasp the idea, to believe that there can be people as evil as I am describing at the World Economic Forum who actually do not want COVID to be solved. They do not want Americans to understand how well hydroxychloroquine works. They do not want Americans to understand how well inhaled budesonide works. They don't want the world to understand all the other solutions that have come forward in this country that actually effectively treat COVID because then the world won't be afraid anymore because then they can't use COVID to manipulate and take away the future of your freedom in this country. And I'm telling you people, I understand some of you listening thinking, well, I don't know about this. I mean, you know, they, they wouldn't really use COVID. They wouldn't really use COVID as a means to destroy people, to let people die, to let people suffer and die just so they can you know, cook up their scheme for World Economic Forum's future of freedom, future of taking away the, the freedom of the world. Yes, they would. And you have to understand that it's a huge leap for many Americans. It's a huge leap for many Americans to, to try to figure out why is Dr. Fauci, uh, you know, the, the guru, our, our current guru of healthcare, why is he shutting down doctors and shutting down the messaging by doctors and research institutes around this country who are trying to say, hey, we have a great solution for COVID, it's working. Why would he do that? And, and so I'm gonna close out this segment because I wanna get to where we are on COVID, just two really, really big developments on COVID I think merit your attention or maybe three. But to wrap up this segment on the Great Reset, it is incumbent on intelligent patriotic Americans to grasp the reality that there are people at the World Economic Forum, the globalists, the people who think that the world would be better off without an independent, strong America, who truly will use COVID as a form, as a means to develop their power, to increase their power, to impose their tyranny. They do not want COVID solutions because if COVID solutions happen and people aren't afraid anymore, then they don't have that as a weapon to clobber the people and force us to surrender our freedom. Very, very serious concerns should, all of us should have very, very serious concerns about why Dr. Fauci and others of his ilk have been so unhelpful in America, so uh, degrading and diminishing the testimonies of Americans, thousands and thousands of doctors now in America speaking up and saying, you know, COVID isn't so bad, we have all these solutions. You really should, it's, it's an alarming thing, but you need to be asking yourself, what would motivate him to do that? Why would Dr. Fauci shut down these people who are actually themselves real doctors who went through medical school, who actually treat patients, who have patients who will verify what they are saying, who are putting their professional reputations on the line to say, hey, I've been a doctor for X number of years and I'm telling you, I found these treatments to be effective. We don't have to be afraid of COVID. Why would Fauci shut them down? 
for the same reasons that the World Economic Forum type experts do not want to have Americans aware of the extreme, um, aware that there are solutions to COVID. It, it's just a very, very, very serious time. It's vital that Americans understand there's a, an extremely nefarious effort among the globalist mindset to make sure that COVID solutions are not shared, that people remain afraid, remain afraid about COVID, remain afraid about what could happen to them. They have to have that fear in their minds, the people do, in order for these globalist Fauci types to impose the tyranny they have in mind for us. We'll talk more about that later, but I wanted one more topic today. It's actually the main topic I wanted to do today, which has to do with COVID itself um, and the, the uh, COVID data experts censored. I want to start with, and I forgot to send Matt the wonderful this um, chart, and I'm so bugged about it, but there were a series of students at Johns Hopkins um, Medical School. So these are actual medical students. These are not, you know, wild, wild-eyed, uh, you know, radical people. Medical students at Johns Hopkins, one of the premier institutions in America, they put up a study about COVID-19 and death rates from COVID-19. And they put up a chart that showed, essentially, it broke down the chart starting in, I think it was February, uh, starting in February um, and ending in September in America. And they showed, and they broke it down, it was death rates uh, each, each week from February through September and broken down by age group. And so the basic point of it was, if you Americans, if everyone, you've been seeing headlines all over the place that talk about the idea that the uh, COVID has been a massive disaster in America, that we've had th hundreds of thousands of, of unexpected deaths, hundreds of thousands of people have died of COVID, and so you would think that the death rates in America would spike. If, you, if these headlines are accurate, that we have death due to COVID, and these headlines that try to scare Americans to death, then there would be, of course, a, a correlative, a corollary, which is the death number should spike. What these students at Johns Hopkins put out, this chart that I forgot to send them out, the wonderful, but anyway, color-coded by age group, the short story, what they came up with is this. There has been no zero, zip, nada, no increase in the death rates or the death numbers for Americans during this entire period of COVID from before it started in February, we're barely into it in February until September, no spike in the death rates at all. Same numbers in, in every age group, same numbers in every age group, a completely consistent pattern. And so the, therefore, so you might say, well, then what happened to all those people who died of COVID? Because we see the numbers, we know people died of COVID, what the uh, great keepers of data and statistics are doing is attributing deaths among Americans to COVID, which then forces them to reduce the number of deaths they're attributing to other fatal conditions. Or in plain English, they are lying. They are manipulating data. They are I mean, the whole, I mean, the article even started out with, um, there's this whole idea uh, that, um, 
you know, their article, Conventional Wisdom, COVID-19 had caused thousands of deaths in the U.S. and nearly 1.5 worldwide. The perception has been challenged by this was this is a Johns Hopkins study put up on November 22nd. The point of the whole study was there has been no spike in deaths in America during this whole year of COVID. Same numbers, same, and, this, and in each age group, same, same range of numbers in each age group. All that's happened, and it doesn't mean that people didn't contract COVID, they did, but the death numbers are the same because the people who are passing on from COVID had other conditions, underlying conditions that were themselves likely to be fatal. And so, the, so I mean, I, I thought of a, a title for this segment, something like, turns out COVID cures cancer. Turns out COVID cures, you know, some other deadly disease. The point is, COVID hasn't done to our society what the left wanted you to believe COVID had done. These numbers show our death rates are exactly the same. And the reason to share this with you today is number one, to tell you that fact. Number two, to tell you that Johns Hopkins pulled the study down. Not because it was inaccurate, not at all. There was no, no, no inaccuracy, inaccuracy in the study at all. They pulled it down because they're afraid, they're concerned that people might misread the study and, you know, drop their washing their hands all the time or drop their preventative things or stop thinking that COVID was dangerous for senior citizens. But I want to, I, I truly, I want to encourage you to think about this. Why would Johns Hopkins take down a study by its own medical students? They found that one factual inaccuracy in it. Not one. They took it down because it does not go along with the agenda of the COVID-19 fear pandemic. It doesn't go along with the fear pandemic, but Johns Hopkins students found that information. COVID, uh, it's been taken down. I do have access to it. And I do have, again, if you go to our website, americachemitalk.org, on the homepage under shows, drop down list of links, you can actually read the Johns Hopkins study and read the reasons given by Johns Hopkins for taking it down. But I, I just, I can't possibly encourage you strongly enough to think through the idea that you've been taught in this country to hate Trump, that we had to have mail-in ballots, the, the, the COVID fear pandemic has been used by the left in, in many, many, many ways to drive the election of Biden to crush Trump and to encourage American people to blame Trump for something that he did not cause and did not exacerbate. But Johns Hopkins study, one point I wanted to hit on this uh, segment. Another one, which is just, I, I, again, um, uh, and I could spend more time in telling you the reasons Johns Hopkins gave for taking the study down, but that's also up on our website. I got to read it there. I want to mention also on COVID, uh, there is a gentleman who was formerly with Pfizer, which is the, um, you know, one of the, their vaccine, their, their attempt at a vaccine for COVID is soon coming out. But this gentleman's name, Dr. Michael Yaden, Y-E-A-D-O-N. I don't know if it's Yaden or Yaden, but he did a video interview. This is a doctor, a doctor former chief science officer of Pfizer, the vaccine, the, the you know, uh, pharmaceutical company that is coming up with a vaccine for COVID. He is a doctor. He's a former chief science officer. He's now retired. He did a video on YouTube saying that the coronavirus pandemic, the worst is over, 
we're getting past it, we're doing well, there's absolutely no reason for a vaccine, and there's absolutely no reason to fear a second wave. I want you to think about this doctor for a second. He probably, as a retired senior person at Pfizer, probably has stock in Pfizer. So if anything, he's likely to be, to be helped to have you know, income come to him. It inures to his benefit if Pfizer can sell a bunch of vaccines that they manufacture. So it's not in his financial interest to be saying vaccine is not necessary. But he's saying it. He's saying it despite the fact that he, of course, got immediately attacked by all sorts of sources, left-wing sources. You can't say that. You can't tell people that we're, we're over with it. We're done with the coronavirus pandemic. You can't tell people that we're past the worst of it. You can't say there's no second wave coming. You can't say any of these things. You can't say that. The left so pressured YouTube, of course, they took the video down the next day. So the guy was out there one day, but you can still read a transcript of everything he said. And again, on our website, americacanwetalk.org, you can go to the website on the homepage under shows, drop down, list of links, and read what he said. And again, a doctor who understands the study of medicine, the creation of vaccines, the use of vaccines, the study of medications, a Pfizer former chief science officer who's saying essentially, and he has a very, very, in fact, the, there's a very lengthy, you can read everything he had to say. Uh, another piece that's on our website um, by the American Institute of Economic Research. But basically, if a guy is saying this isn't necessary, again, ask yourself, what is the reason? What is the reason that YouTube would take it down? What is the reason that Pfizer, who obviously employed him for years, isn't turning to him and saying, wow, we'd love to know the truth. What, what is it you've studied? What, 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 is your, what are your findings based on? What is your recommendation? What do you think? The people dedicated to getting a vaccine out there, forcing the vaccine on Americans, forcing a vaccine to be woven into all sorts of other regulation in this country so you do not have the freedom you used to have unless you go along with the vaccine regimen also backed of course by the great reset people who want to have the vaccine the entire world vaccinated but these are really alarming things i'm and serious thoughtful americans should be asking themselves why would the johns hopkins study be taken down that was accurate why would a former chief science officer of Pfizer have his YouTube taken down? As I say, you can still read it, and I prefer to read anyway rather than listen, but you can still read it. Why would that happen? Unless, of course, they're not interested in truth. They're interested in cultivating the coronavirus pandemic fear. The pandemic is the fear itself. Fear is the pandemic. Fear is the problem, not the virus. I'm not saying the virus isn't bad. No one wants to have the virus. It's not a good thing, but it is, it, is, it is being used as a vehicle to get Americans to be submissive to the government in a variety of ways. One last quick thing before I go to why this matters to you. Uh, you know, in Primus, I mentioned in Primus in the show before, um, you, I actually discovered, we subscribe at our house, we get in Primus uh, mail to our house, but you can go on the website. Uh, in Primus is put out, it's a publication of the Hillsdale College. Um, and in Primus, they have a, a, um, an issue out, which I can't read the whole thing, um, but you can go, these are, I'm pretty sure, free on the Hillsdale College website. Just put in in Primus, 
I-M-P-R-I-M-I-S, and you can read this. Uh, it's an article by that uh, Stanford University doctor, um, whose name I'm sorry if I'm not pronouncing it correctly, uh, Bhattacharya, Dr. Bhattacharya at Stanford. It's called A Sensible and Compassionate Anti-COVID Strategy. But he makes one point I want to share with you. When people say that, you know, we should have a shutdown of everything until COVID is under control, and then other people say, you know, we should be weighing in the economic concerns, the shutdown of businesses, the shutdown of, of, of family life, the shutdown of normal, healthy life in America, the shutdown of, of everything in the economy, the loss of small businesses. And people make the economic arguments. Then, of course, the uh, pro shutdown everything until we, we tell you whether or not you can go to the grocery store today crowd says that the economic arguments are kind of selfish or shallow or not as important. He had a great quote on that point. This is Dr. Bhattacharya of Stanford. Those who talk about the economic harms of the lockdowns are accused of heartlessness. Economic considerations are nothing compared to saving lives, they are told. So I'm not going to talk about economic effects. I'm going to talk about the effects on health, beginning with the United Nations estimate that 130 million additional people will starve this year as a result of the economic damage from the lockdowns. A lot more in this piece, but I can't go over it today, but I urge you to read it yourself. I might touch on it later in the week, but we are, as we always get to this point in the show. Um, I love this opportunity to talk to you every week. I close out the show every time by telling you why the stories we talk about today matter to you. But before we get to that, I urge you to go to our website, americachemwetalk.org. I do a weekly email. You can hit the subscribe button on that page. Hit the subscribe button. I'll add you to the weekly email. I never share it. I never sell it. It's just my list of, I send to my listeners once a week with links to the shows from the previous week, the interviews, uh, blog posts that we write. Just, it's, it's a once a week thing. Great way to catch up on the show on the weekend if you couldn't w listen during the week. Great way to share the show. You can forward our email to anyone. I love getting people to sign up for it. Also on the website, I do this show, America Can We Talk. I've actually realized recently I've passed my six year mark. So I've been doing this show for six years, uh, but only two years here uh, in the studio, this more this online television style show, which I now do here. Um, and it's coming up on the second two year anniversary. All that time, this show is supported by listeners. It is not free to do this show. It's amazing, but this beautiful studio I get to use and this wonderful professional producer and all the great things they do, they actually charge me. I don't know why they won't let me do it for free, but they won't, so I have to pay them. So I have expenses to do this show. And I cannot tell you how much I'd appreciate if you would like to support this show, I could use your support. You can go again to our website, americacanwetalk.org, on the homepage, you can hit the donate button. You can make a one-time donation or a recurring donation. I cannot tell you how much I'd appreciate that. It allows us to continue doing this. The show is utterly and only supported by listeners and it's expensive to do. I have never taken a paycheck. I don't get paid to do this. I do this flat out out of love of America and wanting to be on the team trying to save America from what we now have in 2020 as very genuine serious threats to the future of freedom in America. 
So if you like the show, please consider supporting it. Please know that social media is chomping away at my show, at my numbers, doing all sorts of things to uh, undermine the show. And so I am moving to more and more of the new uh, social media platforms uh, that will allow the show to continue. Um, it's right now on Facebook and YouTube and Twitter. I'm on BitChute sometimes. I'm going to be expanding on the next uh, week or so into many more of the new ones just to keep the show out there. But the website stays the same, americacanwetalk.org. Love your help supporting it. And again, as I before I go to why it matters to you, I want to thank you for listening. I so appreciate the listeners. If you want to email me, you can do that at americacanwetalk at gmail.com. And now let's talk about why the stories we talked about today matter to you. So we talked about today, um, the 2020 election, and, and uh, what I, I really, I mean this from the bottom of my heart, truth, truth must win. Trump received 11 million more votes in 2020 than in 2016. No incumbent president has ever received an increase of such magnitude. Obama's vote tally declined from 2008 to 2012. Trump gained a higher percentage of all minorities' votes in 2020 than he got in 2016. Late post-poll closing vote dumps in Pennsylvania, 570,000 for Biden, 3,200 for Trump, I don't think so. Doesn't comport with logic or reality. Must understand who Eric Coomer is, Dominion Voting Systems head of strategy and security, virulent hate Trumper, strident pro-Antifa advocate, quoted as saying he made sure Trump wouldn't win. Everybody knows Trump won the election, Biden did not. The only question is whether America will permit this fraud to succeed. And the Great Reset, COVID and the Communists, why it matters to you? Pay attention to the World Economic Forum in Davos. Pay attention to Klaus Schwab. This is the pinnacle of globalism. It's explicitly anti-American. The American character responds to a pandemic with a desire to see fewer people get sick and see sick people get well. Efficacious therapies, welcome. Spread the word about them. But globalists? No therapies allowed except globe-encircling vaccine. Suppress all news and information regarding efficacious therapies. Global seeing COVID an opportunity to reset the world order akin to the post-World War II effort. And they actually say, when they describe this new world order, they like to have you agree to. You'll own nothing and you'll be happy. The United States won't be the world's leading superpower. A handful of countries will dominate. Polluters will have to pay to emit carbon dioxide. There will be a global price on carbon. This will help fossil fuels, excuse me, this will help make fossil fuels history. Americans must resist COVID tyranny. It is not about science. And finally, on COVID data and experts censored in this country, Johns Hopkins study shows U.S. death rates among age groups have not changed in 2020. Also, yeah, also was relative to past years, promptly taken down. The obvious inference, COVID death counts are being manipulated to make COVID appear more extreme and deadly than it is. But such encouraging news is being banned. Oh, and there was also, I didn't even get to this story, a European court 
dove into the PCR COVID test, which is the main test being used, a quick test to see whether you are test positive or negative for COVID, the PCR test, they found it fundamentally unreliable, wrong 97% of the time. That was a court in Portugal involving a long battle uh, over people who said they were wrongly quarantined when there was nothing wrong with them. No U.S. media coverage of this court decision. Former CSO of Pfizer, Michael Yeadon, says the pandemic is over, and the video is promptly taken down. Constant censorship in one direction should alert Americans a political agenda is at work. Americans must resist COVID. <clears throat> excuse me, I'm sorry. Americans must resist COVID tyranny. It is not about science. And that, my very fine friends, is America Can We Talk for today. Thank you so much for tuning in every Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. Central Time to America Can We Talk where I always talk truth about America because America matters. And I'll talk to you next time. America, can we talk truth about America? Can you